Hello and welcome to another great episode of the Cadaver Lab Podcast. I'm Mike. Hey, hello, I'm Paul. How is it going? And I'm Sam. We are here to bring you episode three. Well, first of all, let's get a couple of... Uh, of a, we have a laundry list of, of people to thank and uh, things to talk about in the beginning. So let's let's start out by um, talking about a couple of people who've helped us out. One per, one person in particular, we thanked him last week. Again, we'd want to give uh, our thanks to James from the Dry Blood Podcast. He was out there talking about us to other podcasts who then mentioned us on their show. And then other people obviously hear their show, find out about our show, subscribe for our show, or subscribe to our show. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah. We're just trying to get the word out there, and it's it's nice to have an audience, and that there's other facilitators who do the same things that we do. So well, you keep know, up the good work out there. And the thing is, something I didn't know when I started this that it's kind of a community type atmosphere out there. I mean, it's not; it doesn't seem to be that competitive. That you hear like some podcasts being, you know, trying to talk crap about other podcasts, blah blah blah. But all the experiences I've had is just everyone else out there uh, have really helped you know get the word out on us and of course we we basically we'd like that we you know we need to help them out too not that they need our help since we're such a fledgling small podcast a new program and everything but we're going to do it anyways we don't think we're cool we just want to make sure you guys are all listening to the ones that are helping us out and there's a lot of really good ones out there one guy also is a little bit different uh, a guy named Keith Latch is uh, out there ha- has a podcast I'm going to put a link up on the site he actually writes books, and um, uh, he's written horror and sci-fi books. He puts them out as a podcast. So you can download a couple chapters at a time and listen to them. He actually reads them. Uh, it's good stuff. I mean, it's I've I've had the starting of a book sitting there for like ten years, and I just haven't finished it or really. Uh, I've I've done all the research, just ready to start writing, but then when I go to start writing it, I realize that uh, I have no imagination. <laughs> so, so it's it's tough, but. Let's. Uh, I was going to play one uh, a promo for his show, so we'll do it right now. In July 1947, a strange craft crash-landed in the New Mexico desert. The military is dispatched to discover exactly what it is. What they find is nothing short of a universal mystery. In the summer of 1985, work begins on a human-extraterrestrial hybrid, one with magnificent abilities and vastly superior strength. This project, the Omega Project, is funded by the Department of Defense and headed by General Hendricks, a three-star general madly desperate for his fourth. Unfortunately, the hybrid, Omega, decides he no longer wants to be a soldier. But, with his talents and skills, will he answer our call when we need him most? After all, who said heroes had to be human? Omega, Earth's hero, is crash landing at a podcatcher near you, July 17th, 2008. Subscribe now at omegathenovel.podomatic.com and visit the MySpace page at myspace.com forward slash omegathenovel 
or the blogspot at omegathenovel.blogspot.com. That's got to be a tough thing to do. You know, I guess it's a good a good way of using the internet to promote your stuff. You know, kind of a smart thing to do. But uh, anyhow, uh, one other person that this week really helped us out was uh, Corey over at the Midnight episode, or I'm sorry, at the Midnight podcast. He um, actually heard about us through James of the Dried Blood podcast. James told him to check us out and uh, gave us some great feedback. Talked about talked about us on the Midnight podcast episode 96. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we're on three. And I guess we've only, I mean, we've only been at it for two weeks. But uh, anyhow, thanks, Corey. We really appreciate it. Um, we're glad you liked the show. And uh, oh, it's really nice of you to, to bring us up. You know what's great about this community, too, is is I had a chance to watch Rosemary's Baby mm-hmm. over the weekend. Yeah. And, and it was nice because this is, my mother-in-law said that's the scariest show she's ever seen. Right. So I, said, I thought, hey, this is on demand. I'm going to check this stuff out. <laughs> so I thought it was great because it wasn't all that scary, first well, of all. Yeah. Uh-huh. But one thing I did like, I was watching, and there's this one part that's like a dream going on dream sequence and i'm like man that is a lot of topless old men that they're standing <laughs> around there and little did i realize that actually it's it's probably advantageous to be able to cast naked old people because they're able to show all the way down to the belly button and you couldn't see nipple <laughs> and half of them were women yeah. <laughs> so that was that was that was pretty weird but i knew that there were other people in this community that have seen this show and so i didn't feel alone while i was watching it. like what the heck am i doing right no it's i i enjoyed the show I uh, actually like, oh, what's the guy's name that directed it? I don't know, but Mia Farrow was hot no, no, back in it the was, day. It was the guy who Oh, did it's the a name. Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Ninth Gate is one of my very favorite movies, and I know these guys. I don't. You guys haven't seen it in a long time. You should give it another chance. I love The Ninth Gate. It was all right. Yeah. It's a Johnny Depp movie. Yeah. I love Johnny Depp. Any movie really? with Johnny Depp where he just walks around looking like he's retarded the whole time? I mean, that's pretty much every every movie he's in. You know in. what? That's only movie. like the last three movies. No, listen. He did the same thing in the ninth gate. He just walks around looking like a retard. I just watched What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Same thing. Gonna, same character that he plays Sam. in every in every movie. It's the same thing. I'm going to act Gilbert. like a complete idiot and look like I don't know what I'm doing in any movie. Movie, and then I'm going to try and win Oscars. All right. Well, that just won Sam tonight's first kick in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, our first kick in the balls goes to Jeff, who's not here today because he's on a cruise. Uh, we hate you. Yeah, he gets a kick in the balls because we can't afford to go on a cruise. Uh, so, in just just a little bit of uh, clean up from our last episode, we went long last episode, and the funny thing is, is we recorded forty five minutes into it, and then realized that Jeff's microphone was off, which may have been a good thing, may may have given <laughs> us a higher you know a higher subs- subscription count. Uh, no, so we so we started over after forty five minutes and. Uh, we we kind of were we're getting tired, and we talked about the Evil Dead series, and uh, we didn't really get to talk a lot about uh, Bruce Campbell, uh, who is definitely one of the greatest horror movie protagonists and actors, you know, in all of all time. No, I think that's good though. But yeah, we definitely, in fact, we'll be dedicating some of the different things that we do throughout the podcast to Bruce Campbell, just because we think so highly of him. Well, including we're going to start with every movie we're going to do the. Six Degrees of Bruce Campbell, which is very similar to the to the <laughs> Kevin Bacon game. <laughs> yeah, the Kevin Bacon game, where what you try and do is you take a movie and you have to get back to Bruce Campbell some way. So just through a relationship. Yeah, through a relationship. You know, if two actors are in 
you know, if one actor's in one movie and then they act with another actor, so on. You'll see how I'm it goes. Sure you, most I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure everybody it. pretty much knows what it is. But we're going to do that with every single movie that we review, and we throw out a challenge to anyone who thinks that they can stump us. That any movie you give us, we will be able to bring back within six degrees to Bruce Campbell. And if we cannot, then we'll give you a twenty-five dollar gift certificate. What? Yeah, you heard me. Because I think there is no way that anyone's going to be able to stop us on that. All right. Sam has put out the challenge, and Sam will be putting together the gift certificate. I'm not going to have to worry about it because I guarantee I can get it back in six degrees. Horror movies only? Yeah. Well, it's got to be horror horror movies, and it's got to be ones that were released on you know, DVD. Oh, so, so we're not talking the old Hammer films or anything No, like I'm not talking about like crazy, weird, independent how films. About, how about... Uh, how about this? How about uh, we make it so that anything after 81, which is his, his big coming out with the Evil Dead, that's when that came out, and that yeah. was his big first movie. So, okay, because yeah, I'm sure there Anything are... after 1981, and I, you know what? You can Any movie you want. It doesn't even have to be a horror movie. You can Any movie you want. We'd prefer horror movies because it'd be yeah. more fun to research. Well, we're going to make a lot of fun of you if you, uh, if you bring up something from the Oxygen Channel or some. Like, if you, if you even said Mamma Mia, uh, we would cut you off. <laughs> well, we all know how Sam feels about Mamma Mia. That's right. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Probably won't. <laughs> don't. Like, I needed Sam to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, this week's episode, we are going to be talking about John Carpenter movies. And I'm sure you're you're all sitting there thinking, you know, there are a lot of podcasts out there. And a lot of them have gone over some of the greats. Halloween, Halloween 2... Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York. Uh, my favorite, The Thing, but no. We're going to talk about some of his less heralded movies, less popular movies. And, you know, these, are, these aren't these are you know, some of these are cult classics. Um, we're going to talk about the ones that maybe didn't do so well in theaters and uh, some other ones like that. Let's just have Paul go for it. All right. We uh, discussed several movies, and uh, the movie that I picked to talk about was The Ghost of Mars, which you may not know was done by John Carpenter. But mm-hmm. Ghost of Mars, was it was good flick, fun to watch again and stuff. I saw it, you know, when it came out, and it, it didn't really do that, that well in the box office. No. I don't have those stats like Jeff had last time about gross and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it, it was a good flick. They had enough budget to... To get Ice Cube. <laughs> well, <laughs> Ice Cube at the beginning of his movie acting career. Well, he has some great ones out there. <laughs> I am not arguing with you on that. I don't remember the name of that recent one about him with his family. Are we there yet? Yeah, or? it was one of those oh, Yeah, one of those great ones like oh. Daddy Daycare number seven. Well, which is so funny because I can't I think it was I think it was the first one of Are We There Yet? And I remember him uh Singing with N.W.A. What was that song? Crazy Mother Reffin' Name Ice Cube from a band called yeah. With Attitude. <laughs> no. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let my kids watch this? Sure, why not? I'm a irresponsible parent. That's okay. <laughs> you know, he does have some good movies out there. The Fridays are hilarious. I have Friday series. Yeah, there's other ones that may not, may not be quite as funny. But then we also have uh, Natasha I, Henstrich. Henstrich. Dude. Isn't she, isn't she the nasty alien in Species? What do you mean by nasty? Like the one that wants to if do it all the time? Hot. I, w- I was going to say, I remembered that movie very well because she walked around topless for the first half of the movie. Yeah, just looking for love. Dominated. 
It was pretty nice. <laughs> I was surprised that they could go that angle. Hey, we're going to have this alien that just happens to fit into this hot chick's body, <laughs> and we're going to make her walk around naked having sex with other supermodel guys. Well, let's put it this way. If it's, if it's any consolation to you, when she actually turns into the alien at the end, her nipples turn into giant snakes that, that go out and kill people. Yeah, hey, I'd still grab it. <laughs> all right, hey, let's quit talking about stuff like that. All right, all right, all right. Well, I wish uh, I wish Ghost of Mars had started out that way, but Natasha, <laughs> she was just she was just a lieutenant, mm. kept her clothes on the whole time. And uh, we also have we have Jason Statham, which is pretty amazing, handsome Rob, handsome Rob. Yeah, in fact, I don't recognize him by any name except for handsome Rob anymore. Right, Jason Statham. Everyone's like, who? Oh, <laughs> handsome Rob. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, yeah. Clee Duvall, Pam Gear, Joan Cassidy. Pam Pam Greer is a Greer. is a uh, like a she's like a in the seventies and all the old exploitation flicks. She was in a lot of those. She's like a she's probably I bet she she's been in a hundred movies. She she's a, she used to be huge. Clee Duvall so is very seasoned. recognizable, but yeah. I, I can't. Clee Duvall was she was in the Faculty. Um, I can't remember. That was with. Frodo, and uh, I can't remember that guy's name. Frodo, and then there was, then there was the uh, the 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 melting metal uh, Terminator, Terminator Two. There, is, it wasn't Treat Williams in there. Treat in the Williams. Faculty. I think he was. Treat. I just like it because his name's Treat. That's just bizarre. Where that movie was, where uh, they find these aliens. There's anyway. It's, <laughs> Did you know there was an Alice in Chains song? Yeah, I do. Well, that. no, that's, that's one of true. my. That's it's not no. Alice in Chains. No, it's not Alice in Chains. It's the class of 99, where it was, I guess, a bunch of the old grunge guys, and Lane Staley was the lead singer of that band. Oh, okay. And, I, they, and they just like redid... Uh, Another Brick, brick in the, the Wall. wall yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So the the Ghost of Mars, the basic, the premise of the story, just the brief summary is, we don't know what's going on. We, we start out not really sure what's happening. It's a little mystery for the first half, and but we know that... We got this group of cops going out to pick up Ice Cube, who's Desolation Williams, and uh, Commander Helena Braddock or Pam Greer mm. is uh, is leading that group, and they know that Desolation Williams is this mass murder, horrible guy, left the last town, just <laughs> mutilated the bodies. See, that's more of the type of uh, role I would expect Ice Cube to play, coming <laughs> coming out of NWA. <laughs> yeah. These he didn't do these to cops, but you know <laughs> with their cop killer song. But anyways, oh, that was uh, Ice T. Ice T. It's all the same. It's Ice Get something, that out. dude. Get I you. know my rap history. <laughs> Not really. All right, so they go to this town. It's completely barren. And, and, and like, by the way, the it's hell? all on Mars. Yeah, did, on Mars. Did we mention that? Yeah, <laughs> which is cool because I mean I hate to cut you off, but I thought that the scenery and all that stuff was awesome. I mean, it was all, it was red, it was... That was actually in, um, shoot, that was in the desert, I can't remember where, but it was a mine, an old mine. Oh, really? And everything was white, all the sand and everything else was white, and they painted it with, like, some biodegradable food coloring that would go away. That's cool, because I I love the scenery in that movie. Another thing to note about the movie, it was all filmed at night. The whole movie. Oh yeah. Well, because there was no atmosphere in the like in Mars yet, so it was just like it was still out in space. Yeah, that would that would suck to have to be the actor though, staying up all night. Well, yeah. Huh. All right. So, 
So they be, so then things just start start to happen. Weird things. People start disappearing. Commander Helena Braddock gets taken out pretty early on. Was that uh, is that Pam Greer's Pam character? Greer, yeah. By the way, she made a pass at Natasha Hinstridge during the movie. Really? Got shot down. <laughs> yeah, she did. She also was wearing a huge overcoat that was not very attractive the whole time. Well, Pam Gre- never mind. I'm not even going <laughs> to say it. <laughs> All right. So so anyways, they 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 kind of start finding out that Desolation Williams is having a lot of people die around him, but he's not has nothing to do with it. And so they they enlist basically the bad guys and the good guys learn that they need to join forces to fight whatever this is that's taking people out. And one of the cops, uh, Jason Statham, actually, or Sergeant Jericho Butler, he uh, he peeks over a hill and sees a, a large group of, of these demonized humans. I, I don't What do we want to call them? Because I'm going to have to reference them a lot. They're kind of zombies. They're kind, they're kind of possessed. Possessed. Well... When he, when Jason Statham looks over the ridge and sees these guys, it looked like a bunch of of the actors from Doomsday. I don't know if you guys seen Doomsday yet. Have you? Oh, it's pretty good. At a Dimmu Borger concert or uh, some other black metal band. But yeah, they were bad looking. Yeah, piercings, cutting cutting their you know skin. You know, are we probably pretty safe to call them the ghosts of Mars? Let's call, let's call them the ghosts. Well, I don't know if we can call them the ghost of Mars because the ghost is actually a, a red dust that flies into people's ears. Which Paul will, t- will then, explain uh, a little bit more about because that seems kind of dumb. But <laughs> after the explanation, it might be cool. Yeah. Wait and see. Since since you mentioned how these, these people look, and I think everyone can get a good idea. They're pretty gothic and pretty mutilated bodies. There's a scene. Kind of primal. Yeah, primal, tri- tribal, very crafty people. They <laughs> they are very crafty. They make mobiles and um, all kinds of wire wrapped objects to decorate the buildings they've been in. That's great. They must have tons of scissors in order to make all those <laughs> crafts because they use scissors. Well, how do they have time to kill with all the work they're doing? <laughs> yeah, they, I think they're sitting around a lot. <laughs> but there's a scene where it pans down. Over uh, to give you an idea of how they look and stuff. The they just want to let you know how these people are. One of the ladies has, um, a, she's wearing a bra made out of human hands that she's uh, cut off and and formed to hold her breasts up. You know what's funny? I I was when I was watching this last night. I was kind of falling asleep, and I woke up for that part, and I thought that someone was grabbing them from yeah. behind her. <laughs> I was oh, looking that, for the that's guy what that too. Was? Oh, yeah. okay. I, I kept rewinding that to just double check everything. <laughs> Paul's very <laughs> thorough when it comes to attire. But yeah, they so they use a lot of uh, the people. They oh, it, it makes a mention of that in the film that they use. They would cut off people's faces and use them as masks mm-hmm. and all kinds of that type of stuff was used in the costuming and stuff. It's very believable, I thought. Oh yeah. So basically, the rest of the movie is battling this army. Pretty brutal. Those demonized ghosts of Mars, whatever, they are very good shots with uh, saw blades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Several people lost their head Plus to a the, flying saw blade. They they actually are wicked blade sharpeners because I mean, it, when they would throw the saw blades, and it would chop like an arm or a head off. 
It wouldn't even stop. I mean, it would just like fly right through it like butter. Yeah, just clean. <laughs> a clean cut right through them. Heads go flying. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's very enjoyable. Some things to note that um, The Ghost of Mars contains Jason Statham's first on screen kiss. What? <laughs> yeah. Dude. I'm you really keep track of that stuff, man? Uh, IMDb. Thank oh, you. whatever. <laughs> thank you. Paul's like, I have watched every handsome Rob movie, and that one was the one that broke my heart no. the most. I was <laughs> just <laughs> wishing that it was me kissing Natasha Hester. Oh, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, so, um, I don't think we need to spoil it, but... Uh, well, let, let's... One thing that's really interesting to me was maybe the origins of the... Of the actual dust. Why don't why don't we why don't we talk about oh, that yeah, a little yeah, bit? Yeah. Because you're right. Because you know once once the, these guys once the ghosts come out, it's basically just like a battle. You know, a battle for survival. But uh, it, it's really interesting. You know, well, potentially really interesting. It depends on how believable it is. But why don't you explain what that was? So they get to the town, and it's barren. Everybody's gone, or and they know that. The mining had been called off earlier the next the day before, but they don't know why, and they can't find anybody. But they go to the jail to get Desolation Williams, and all the prisoners and inmates in the jail are still fine because they were locked down in right. a secure cell. Jason Statham's an excellent locksmith, and <laughs> he breaks every lock and gets into the jail. So one of the ladies checked into the jail is actually Dr. Arlene Whitlock. She's a Joanna Cassidy is her real name. Hmm. Uh, I, I didn't recognize her from anything else. Yeah. She apparently flew into the town a couple of days before and checked herself directly into the jail because she knew something was going to go down and that was a safe place. But she knows all about these things. And she, she mentions early on when they find one of the the possessed people that they kill it and she she says oh now now it's in the air and it's going to go into somebody um but for some reason they don't catch on to that clue and they keep killing people which makes right. a great movie but <laughs> it just it keeps moving along it just keeps moving from body to body yeah and so basically she tells a story about how they had blown up one of the mines and found a tunnel that was made by Martians, and they decide that this is a, a way that Marsh Martians made sure that nobody would ever take over their planet. All right. Um, by creating this ghost or whatever that goes into people and possesses them, and then wreaks havoc on the other people, while it's also wreaking havoc on the host. Right. And and making them do all kinds of body mutilations. So and their other, plan worked. Yeah, for humans. Well, right. <laughs> Who knows, whatever, other living beings, but... Yeah, this movie seemed to be kind of a mixture between Doomsday, which I mentioned a little bit before, and... Which uh, I still got to see. I'm oh, waiting it's for pretty it good. to be on DVD or... It is on DVD. It, w- it was a mixture between Doomsday and Fallen, kind of, because... I don't know if you guys seen Fallen, but it's... Yeah, a, it's a great show. Yeah. With uh, Denzel? Yeah, where Zazel goes from body to body. And uh, have you not seen that, Paul? Oh, it's good. It's a good oh show. that's a great show. It's a good show. Pick that up too. Yeah, two for the list. But uh, and also uh, part maybe Marilyn Manson video. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I was going to mention that I, Marilyn Manson was leading 
the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the bad guys. Nice. And they all kind of listened to him and stuff, but he talked like a fraggle with this. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? This this wasn't one of my favorite movies. It actually I liked it a lot better when I the, the, when I watched it last night, and I'd only seen it one time before. And I I, I liked it. It wasn't one of my favorites. What do you think, Paul? I like this movie back when I saw it, and I kind of like. I like the horror action mm-hmm. flicks, and that definitely falls under the, that and, category. And, you know, I'll tell you that uh, I think one of the reasons why I didn't like it is because I was expecting something different. I think I just was, was ex- I guess they marketed it, or maybe that was just my perception that hell opened up and all these demons, and well, well, which, right. which, you know, maybe yeah, maybe it was that. I kind of see that, but yeah. it's kind of a stretch, too. Yeah, but I, I liked the movie. Yeah, It, it was good. But so do you give it a bone saw award? Go watch it, check it out. I don't know if we'd give it a bone saw, but uh, we're gonna reserve that for greater movies. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I just looked over my notes and saw one other thing, which wasn't which, a body mutilation, not possessed by the ghost. Yeah, Desolation Williams posse comes in to save him, oh, yeah. and they join forces with the good guys to all to battle this evil force. The one guy, he's just like working on something, making oh, a he's bomb. Getting like, high, yeah, yeah. He's making a bomb and getting high at the same time. Chops off his thumb. Yeah, <laughs> just and, like clean, just whack. It was so funny because Ice Cube <laughs> looks at him and is laughing and says, "Serves you right, dumbass." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do drugs while you're making bombs, yeah, especially okay? <laughs> while you're making bombs and using sharp knives. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's a good flick. Go check it out. Let's uh, do our first six degrees to... Uh, oh, the inaugural six degrees of Bruce Campbell. To Bruce Campbell. Should we go forward or backwards? You know you what, wanna, Paul? You want to go? I assume that for with knowing you and the history, you like going backwards. <laughs> All right, we'll start with Bruce Campbell then. <laughs> Bruce Campbell was in Spider-Man with Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst was in interview with a vampire with Tom Cruise. And from there, it gets easy. Tom Cruise was in Gold Member with Seth Green and Seth Green in the Italian job with Jason Statham. All right. Good man. All right, that's four degrees, five degrees. I think it's four. Yeah, A four degree degrees. is just the link in between the two. Right. Well, thanks, Paul, for the Ghost of Mars. Definitely, uh, I, you know, I would say go check it out. You know, it's not the, it's not the best movie that, we, that we've gone over. If it's on demand for free <laughs> and it's a choice between that or Rosemary's Baby, check it out. <laughs> If it it beats com- Rosemary's. It does. <laughs> if it has commercials, yeah, you might just pass on that. Yeah. I pass on a lot if they have commercials. In fact, sometimes when a movie comes on, I'm thinking, that's a good movie. Commercial comes on, I go get the DVD. Pop well, you in. lose the mood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you lose uh, it, especially with the horror movie. If there's a commercial for dog food or feminine hygiene products well, right in the middle of it, well, I mean, it's hard to get right back into it. The worst one is... Is like I'm watching a movie on Sci-Fi the other night. I can't remember what it was, but then all of a sudden this uh, commercial comes on with the lady talking about how to make that certain part of a man's body larger. I'm like, I don't need that kind of scrutiny while Let I'm trying you. to watch a movie. <laughs> all you have to do is take your clothes off. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, anyways, right, but a uh, Sci-Fi too. on on a side note, Sci-Fi is notorious. I mean, they break it up every ten minutes. They have commercials. Oh, yeah. You know, there was actually a Bruce Campbell movie on there called Alien Apocalypse. First of all, if Bruce Campbell wasn't in it, holy crap, that was terrible. <laughs> Bruce lends it a little bit of credibility. 
I, I hate to say anything bad about anything Bruce Campbell's been in, but wow. And uh, <laughs> that coupled with the constant barrage of commercials made it unwatchable. Uh, Alien Apocalypse, do not check it out unless you are a huge Bruce Campbell fan. And don't waste your time watching uh, Battlestar Galactica. If you haven't seen it, I have never seen it. Well, because just watch the commercials on Sci-Fi, and it pretty much goes through the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, there's commercials for it all the time. <laughs> I've so, seen commercials. So I, I've followed the whole storyline in it. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's get on to our next movie. They live now. Uh, it came out in 1988. You guys maybe maybe have you have either you guys seen? This I have movie? not seen this movie. Paul, I didn't. No? I didn't get a time to watch oh, it. This this I'm going to tell you first of all. This gets a bone saw award. And before I even start talking about it, it it's it's a low it's a low budget. It came out in '88. It starred Rowdy Roddy Piper. It's it's one of the funniest movies that I have ever seen in my life. The budget was three million. The gross it made thirteen million. So it, it didn't do bad. Definitely worth making. Uh, well, let's go over the synopsis. First of all, Rowdy Roddy Piper's name is Nada in this movie. He's a homeless day laborer. Uh, looking for work at the beginning of the show. Finds a job on a construction site, and uh, you know, just kind of a day-by-day basis type of job. He he makes a friend there whose name is Frank. Frank invites him to his place, which ends up being a shanty town, where just a, it, it's just like a, a vacant lot where a bunch of these little shanties have been built up, and it's just a little community. They kind of work with each other. At this shanty town, there is a church across the street. Rowdy starts noticing a bunch of weird stuff happening at the church. First of all, people from the town are always going to that church at all hours and coming out at strange hours, and uh, he always hears singing coming from it all through the night. Obviously, that he finds that very strange. Anyhow, one time he, uh, he decides to go over and check it out for himself, finds out that the singing is just a... A recording of a of a church choir, and uh, that it's act. This church is actually just a cover for a group of rebels. Now, these rebels basically, he finds out that uh, these rebels claim that the world is being taken over by aliens, and it's going on all around them. These guys are are going to try to take him down. This this little group of rebels uh, hang out at this church. So what happens is is uh, before he really joins up, he finds this box of sunglasses that have been thrown away. You know, he you know, he's a bum basically, so he grabs a pair of sunglasses, you know, free 80s style sunglasses, you know, take one. Anyhow, so one time, <laughs> so one day he uh he puts them on and then he realizes that basically through those glasses he can see the world as it really is. First of all, he can see that most of the rich people, the well-off people are actually aliens, which just kind of look like skulls with skin, kind of humans without without uh Flesh. Skin, yeah, flesh, yeah. and they've got these big old, nice. like, silvery eyes, and and uh, he looks around, he, he'll look at a billboard with some woman on it, uh, you know, says, come to the Caribbean, but when he looks at it through the uh, through the glasses, it, it says things like, obey, or, you know, another one wow. that says, marry so and reproduce. Yeah, well, it's... photography and ads. And yeah, stuff. well, it's, it's all subliminal, set up by the... By the aliens. Well, and it turns out that the aliens are actually sending out a, a signal to everyone, and it gets in your brain, so you see it the way they want you to see it, instead of instead of how it really is. These glasses kind of uh, you you can see the world how it really is. I don't know if it cuts the transmission or what. Anyhow, he you know, and some other examples, or he pulls out some money to pay for a, a magazine or something, and it on it it says, "This is your God," and all sorts of. All sorts of weird, funny things like that. The way John Carpenter handles this is it's kind of a political statement against 
the ultra con, con, uh, consumer and maybe even a little bit against capitalism and the powerful and the. In I think the, he has a message like that in a lot of his movies. I was going to, you know, the movie I'm going to review in a minute. I kind of felt the same type of thing, so that's that's interesting. I think he does have themes. Well, and the funny thing is, I, was, I watched a uh, uh, documentary about eighty slashers, which of course John Carpenter made the fur, the, the really one of the first ones of all time uh, in Halloween. And you know they he, they were interviewing him. They're also interviewing Wes Craven. You know they kind of all mentioned that there was some kind of a political subtext, and uh, Wes Craven actually came out and just said, "Yeah, well, we set this up so that." Uh, to make out the Republicans as being evil. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. I would have never picked out a party from one of these that was evil. But well, It was just kind of, uh, yeah, because in this movie, it's just kind of the rich, the, the higher class, you know, in the thing. Well, and, you know. Here's it, a question. Let's hear it. Is, is it too heavy on the politics? Because I really don't no, want to no. know their opinions. No, th- there, there's, a, there's a quote uh, comment here and there. In fact, one comment that I noticed was uh, there was one guy that uh, was a human that actually had kind of turned towards the aliens, you know, because they will make you rich, you know, if you, right. you know, but you'll still be dumb. You'll be livestock to them. Um, he actually said, these guys are just free enterprise, you know, going from one country to the next. And, you know, which ob- obviously that's, you know, kind of a, it's the way the economy works. Anyhow, thank goodness that this had some, uh, uh, that it wasn't too overbearing. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was kind of the plot story, I but think- it was, there's some politics and and some realness that needs to be in every sure. movie and some some themes, but but when they try to force it, you know, you can tell right. it, it feels uncomfortable and just gets annoying. And I know neither of you guys have seen this, but this movie is presented as a as a kind of a sci-fi horror comedy because Rowdy Roddy Piper in this is so funny. Uh, he's got some great one-liners. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, Frank, his buddy. Is uh, what happens is uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper goes to the church, you know, and somebody, for some reason, uh, the cops found out about this group of rebels and and also the shanty town where a lot of them were living, and they came and bulldozed it. And, and Rowdy Roddy Piper was already he was upset, you know, he saw these these aliens. He just he found a gun and just started taking them out. Well, of course, everybody thinks that he's murder. He's just a murderer. So basically, what happens is Frank. Finds him somehow to give him his one week's pay on the construction site, you know, and it's just like, here you go. I'm out of here. I, I, I want nothing to do with you anymore because all these terrible things have happened. His, his home is gone. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper's wanted for murder. But Rowdy Roddy Piper's like, you need, to, you need to wear these glasses. You need to put these glasses on and see the world for what it is. In fact, he gives him the ultimatum. He says, uh, either, you put, either you look through these glasses or you can start eating that trash can. <laughs> wow, that's uh, anyway. I thought that was totally funny. I had to pause the movie there because the way the way he delivered it was so funny. In this alley where where Frank finds Rowdy Roddy Piper, they start this fight because Frank will just not wear these sunglasses, and the fight is you know just kind of a brawl between these two guys lasts for like six minutes, uh, you know, and it's just so long and drawn out. And you you think it's over, but no, you know they they start they keep fighting. You really have to see this part because it, it's just it's unbelievably long. Nada finally wins, gets Frank to put on the the glasses, and Frank sees the world for what it really is. And you know they go they go, they're walking off together in the scene where they're just all bruised and bloody. 
limping and just kind of hanging out. It was it was a good one. Anyhow, the the movie from then on, it's just basic. Basically, how how do we get this? How do we turn off this signal? You know, how, they, their mission is to kind of take out the signal so that, uh, and this was the rebels' mission too. Take out the signal so everybody can see the world for what it really is. I mean, there there is a lot of funny parts in this. A lot of great lines. First of all, one of the best lines is uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper's walking down the street. He uh, with his glasses on. He sees one of these aliens looking into the mirror, primping. And he says, uh, "That's like putting perfume on a pig." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and there's also one a great line that I I would be remiss if if we didn't mention it during the show. Right after the fight, right after the big long fight, Rowdy Roddy Piper turns to Frank and says, "Yeah, brother, life's a bitch, and she's back in heat." <laughs> but probably the more the most the, the most famous line from this is uh, he walks into a bank i can't remember why he was going into this bank he saw a bunch of the the aliens in in they all just like look at him and you know they're all kind of stop waiting to see what what's going to happen he, he just kind of stands there notices he has an audience and says i have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubblegum <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because you know you, i mean you remember back i don't know if it's still like this now but back in the 80s when they used to do uh you know the world with the wrestling they would they would always have these little videos of i guess they were backstage just trash talking each other you know? right and, and there would like be a background of you know they're still doing that now do they yeah well rowdy rowdy piper came up with a bunch of lines to say during that stuff and uh, <laughs> this actually came from that from uh of uh, stuff that he'd already memorized. <laughs> That's awesome. Trying to, try to say during the uh, the wrestling days. Oh, one more line that was really funny was uh, he saw he saw another alien just in this little store, and he goes, "You look like your face fell in cheese dip back in 1957." All right, I thought that was funnier than you guys did. <laughs> well, I was waiting for the second part of it. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway. But that's basically the movie. And I got to tell you, this is, I think it's a little bit hard to, my wife thinks this is one of the dumbest movies like in the world. Oh. I love it. It is so funny to me. And if you go into it trying to really get a straight up sci-fi or horror flick, you, I, you're going to be disappointed. I mean, I don't know who would go into it thinking, trying to get a real serious movie with Rowdy Roddy Piper as, as the main character. But uh, this, this movie's great. It gets a bone saw for sure. I mean, I can see why it's not you know, one of John Carpenter's most popular. Well, and that depends on how we define most popular, because I think a lot of horror fans like this movie a lot. But, it, you know, it just isn't one of the... Like, it's not one of the ones he's known it's for. not the mainstream favorite. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely not... But, man, I, this is, you guys have to go check that out. Yeah, go ahead and put it on your Netflix queue. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll have to get that on there. Definitely a Bonesaw Award. Anyway, that's about it for that one. Cool. Well, I guess I'm up then. Um, oh, did you want to do your six degrees on that? Oh yeah, let's do six. I forgot. Thanks for thanks for the reminder. Uh, let's see. We'll start with. Uh, we'll do it forwards you because you sure you don't want to go backwards? <laughs> no, Paul. <laughs> we'll start with Rowdy Roddy. This is a, this is actually a really easy one. I I I was gonna have a hard time. Uh, I thought I was gonna have a hard time coming up with this, but but no, it was uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper wrestled the rach, the Macho Man Randy Savage who was in Spider-Man with Bruce Campbell. As a referee? Wow. As a ref- yeah, Bruce Campbell was a referee. You know what? Bruce Campbell actually had one of the most integral uh, parts of that whole series. He named Spider-Man. He named Spider-Man. That's right. Or else we'd be singing, Human Spider, 
human spider. <laughs> All right, good thing we didn't. <laughs> All right, that's good. All right, so the movie that I have reviewed is called In the Mouth of Madness, and it's a 1995 movie by John Carpenter, and some of the most notable characters are in there are Sam Neill, Charlton Heston, and then uh, Happy Gilmore's grandma, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> the one that wore the kiss mask? Yeah, yep. Yes. So... Those are those are some of the most uh, most impressive. The budget for this was fourteen million, and it made almost nine million dollars. Oh. So it did not live up to expectations Ouch. on that. Yeah, oh. a little bit uh, a little bit hurt on that. But you know, I learned a lot from this movie, and we'll go into that a little bit later. But uh, one of the things that I, I noticed because I've seen a few Sam Neill movies is this, this dude's always running from something. Whether like in this movie, he's running from um, like zombies, he, he's running from dinosaurs, or he's running yeah. from eyeless. Naked chicks in in spaceships. Oh right, okay. Van so he's, Horizon. Yeah, he's always running from something. So That's sweet. anyway, this is about a guy, Sam Neill, who wait, gets. Wait, wait. Let me let me ask you something. Oh, go ahead. Do you see him running? I mean, is he like Tom Cruise in running? Not not like <laughs> or, running that fast, he but he's always just looking behind his back. He's always there's always something chasing him. I guess Shady is what character. I should say. Right. So watch his it's back. it's kind of bizarre. But anyway, he ends up getting called into Charlton Heston's office. Charlton Heston is his publisher. <laughs> And uh, he and so they need him to go out and try and find this guy named Sutter Kane, who is this worldwide, world-renowned author of horror books. I mean, this guy's well-known. Well, he's disappeared, and so they can't find him, but he has a book that they're waiting to publish called In the Mouth of Madness. And so they need him. They need to find him. So they send Sam Neill and this, uh, his sidekick named Styles, which is no relation to the Teen Wolf Styles. <laughs> oh, this my is gosh. Actually- you know what? I, I think that... I would have been the only other person on the planet right now that could have made that connection between styles because I just I, I just watched it with my daughter. That's a classic <laughs> That's show. Wild. Yeah, it's good. So, but now this is a girl, and so they end up going driving um, to try and find. Well, actually, Sam Neill, I don't know how he did it, but he, he had all the books lined up. He's been reading some of Sutter Kane's books. Comes to find out that they've been affecting people somehow. And he starts seeing some things that kind of freak him out, like a cop that turns into one of the three little pigs, and then uh, <laughs> was beating the crap out of one of the uh, one of the uh, 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 homeless people there. And so, anyways, but he lines up all the books and realizes that the covers, if you tear them off and cut them out just in the right perfect area, looks like Vermont. I think I don't, it's, I don't it's one of it's it's a New England state. But anyways, well, it's, it's a New England state because Stephen King actually wrote the book. Oh, always, okay. I don't think that's right. And he's anything. always talking about New England. Yeah, that's New what England. it is. So, anyways, um, so then if you look at the diagrams on these covers, it all intersects with this place called Hobbs End. I guess is, is what it is, but no yeah. one's ever heard of it. Right. So they start driving, and they're they're going to find this Hobbs End, and all of a sudden they appear there, um, and it's daytime. They're driving when it's night, and then all of a sudden it's daytime, and they're there in this little quaint city, and there's children running around and. And so they go stay in this hotel where Happy Gilmore's grandma <laughs> is the is the matron or Major D or whatever the or name is. Or behind the desk. She's behind the desk. And so um, they check in there, and, and, and Sam Neill is trying to get his, his brain wrapped all the way around this, and Styles is telling him, oh, this is right from the book. And he's like, no, I don't believe it. Look, in the book it says this about the, uh, about the scenery, and let you look out that window and it's not that. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh. But she didn't realize that he was talking about the view from the east. So she rips open the other window, and sure enough, it's sure this enough. evil castle where the uh, where Sutter Kane lives. So they had decided to go investigate it, and they and the kids, the children, run in there, and so they run in, and, and then all of a sudden this mob shows up with guns. And this is where something else I learned 
when the mobs show up with guns, to their horror, a whole pack of dogs show up. What? Like dogs show up to scare these people away. And even though these people had double barrel shotguns, like a whole bunch of rednecks, uh-huh. they ran they away from the dogs. So, <laughs> so they weren't shooting the dogs. They ran away and they got bit by the dogs, even though they had double barrel shotguns. I'm a, I'm a little confused. So a bunch of kids ran in. They ran in and, and these kids' parents oh. showed up as the mob, oh. wanting the kids back. I I'm thought, sorry. I thought you were saying that the mob was after a group of kids. No, no, no. The kids showed up, and, and so they were mad at Sutter Kane because Sutter Kane was, was having these kids come in, and who knows what he was doing with them. Oh, okay. the I don't know. Piper. But the parents came. Yeah, kind of like the Pied Piper. That's a good analogy. So so then the parents show up with their double barrels, and that's when the dogs got them. <laughs> which dogs? Shotguns. Yeah, which, which was kind of bizarre. It's just rude to shoot a dog well, with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah but it's either that or get anything. your leg knot off, which, which they went ahead and did. <laughs> So, um, anyways, it goes on, and so, you know, Sam Neill gets a little more crazy. More people are turning into zombies. Um, Sutter Kane has this machine that turns styles, which now Sam Neill is, is kind of romantically involved with. Turns styles. She, she reads it, or she looks into this light and sees this montage that reminded me of The Ring. Hmm. Kind of a weird movie. And she turns around, and her eyes are bleeding at that point. Um, and so now she's turned into some weird creature. And she does some freaky stuff. I'm going to tell you what. There was a part in this movie where Sam Neill is driving with her trying to get out of the town. And he gets out to go look at a phone booth or he gets out to look at something. I don't remember exactly. Maybe it was a sign. And all of a sudden you hear these weird, nasty sound effects like bones cracking. And it sounds just like bones cracking. She gets out and she is upside down walking on her hands and her legs, kind of like you do the crab walk. But her oh. face is upside down. Like, her face is turned oh. the I right rem- way. I remember that. was that bizarre, point. man. Yeah. Like, I actually felt, I actually felt uh, chills go down my spine because that was so bizarre. And so I was listening <laughs> to it on headphones, and the, and the sound effects on that part were just totally disgusting really? as she's coming out of this thing and just walking and, like, taunting her. I'm, I'm thinking, whoa, that is, that is disgusting. So really? anyways, she's now turned into something nasty. He ends up driving, like, four or five times. Like, he thinks he's getting out of town, but he's actually going back into town. Has a run-in with Sutter Kane, comes to find out that Sutter Kane goes off on this. And, and where I talk about kind of the, the message and the theme that Carpenter has in some of his movies, mm-hmm. um, he says, you know, 1.8 billion people believe in my work, and so that makes it real because right. these people believe in the books. And so I kind of thought to me, you know, we're taking in with popular society. Right. And, I, you know, I started thinking about it, if you look at it, not to go political, but, you know, what are the top-of-mind stories right now? It's It's stuff about... Tom Cruise and his girlfriend and right. Angie Jolie's baby and you know we're we're obsessed with the media and that's what we're worried about when we've got these horrible crises going on right. all over the world. So not to go political, but so anyways, he finds out that uh, that Sutter Kane is writing this book and he makes him do things and so he comes out all of a sudden comes out of the Hobbs End and he's supposed to deliver this this book to Charlton Heston. And so he ends up doing it, but finds out that he already delivered it six months before. Right. And now there's a movie coming out. And so then it goes into mass chaos, and the whole world destroys itself. And uh, and that's kind of the way the book goes. Sweet. Or that's kind of the way it goes. So, Well, let me ask you something. Did you say that he was writing it? I can't remember this part, so I'm not just asking yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. Uh, as, as Sutter Kane was writing, did it, was, it, was Sam Neill having to do what Sutter Kane was writing at the time he was writing it yes i think that's what was going on i'm trying to remember if there was a part i i'm pretty sure that the yes whatever sutter kane was writing sam and that's why it kind of meant why it kind of drove him crazy right because he felt like he couldn't whatever he did sutter kane had already written it 
Right, okay. And so Sutter Kane had kind of unleashed the, the demons of hell to go out and influence people. And so that's what you see happen back in the supposed real world. But Sam Neill finds out that he's been written into this, this book and Sutter Kane is basically taking over God's spot. So like I said, there's a few things that I learned about this uh, during this movie that if you want to creep somebody out, have an old man handcuffed to Happy Gilmore's grandma's foot. <laughs> oh, that's right. Which was weird, and she chops him up um, and turns into something weird in the basement. Also, if you want to stop someone from stealing your car, swallow your keys. That was pretty sweet. Um, that sounds like something out of Saw. Yeah, it was kind of... you have to like, go after it, cut through somebody's guts to get your keys. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. Um, so, so those are a couple things that I learned. And then also, let's see here. Um, there's, there's some final thoughts that I have for this movie and some recommendations. If you're convinced that you're actually a character in a horror story, don't watch this movie because <laughs> it'll really freak you out. Um, other movies that have similar themes, Stranger Than Fiction right, and The Matrix. But the movie plays with your mind a little bit. The special effects were decent and the acting was, was pretty good. Um, my six degrees are Sam Neill was with Willem Dafoe in Victory. In 1994, Willem Dafoe and Bruce Campbell were in Spider-Man. Willem oh, Dafoe that was, was the easy. Green Goblin. Yeah, it was really easy. So, and I also have a, I looked up a, who else said that? Oh, yeah. And uh, Forgot about it. So, that. I have one for this movie, and it was, um, it must be a hell of a thing to keep clean, was the quote. No. And so, that was actually. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Be- can, I, can, I make a, uh, can I make a prediction? Sure, yeah. It's going to be about someone's vagina? Nope. <laughs> oh. No, you're okay. wrong. It was actually it was a it was a comment that Al Michaels made to Will Chamberlain Will Chamberlain after his book Larger Than Life came out. <laughs> so yeah, okay. I thought that uh, that was very appropriate. So it was about Will Chamberlain's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Maybe all twenty thousand of them. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> all right, so that's that movie. Now, now this movie I I actually liked. I I don't know if I would give it a bone saw. Award. I don't give it a bone saw award. Yeah. I don't. I mean, especially because it was enjoyable. It was big budget. They had some pretty decent special effects. Well, what was the budget again? The, it was fourteen million, and they so, made well, that's, nine. That's a kind of that's kind of a. I mean, that's not big budget compared to Batman. But it just it was kind of a tired theme what, where mm-hmm. I don't like movies where you're wondering if you're in a dream the whole time. Right. I mean, it's just been done. Yeah. And so I kind of thought that when it went that way and you're wondering if the guy had been written in, I just didn't feel like it was ingenious. I didn't well, I, I didn't like it, it. Had it been done then? Or What was it? It was t- it's, or did, been, it's been done over and over and over, dude. His, his idea cuz it was like 89, right? No, no it's 95. 95. No, but oh. I mean that's been done for ages that that yeah. whole theme of are you real or is yeah. it a dream and you wake yeah. up and so I just I didn't like that. That's kind of the way that it went. I didn't like how it ended. Well, it's kind of cheap because you feel at least when I watch movies like that, I feel a little bit cheated because all the sweet stuff you think happened, and it actually didn't. So it's yeah, like, screw that. And this you end up finding it that it really did. But I just I I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like the supporting actors around Sam Neill were very good. And even up until the point I, where I guess where I really got bugged was there's a part where you've gone most of the way through the movie and there's this guy that's been warning Sam Neill to get out of town the whole time when he's in Hobbs End, which is the fictitious town. And this guy goes to blow his brains out. He's bleeding out of his eyes. He's changed into a demon. And Sam Neill is telling this guy that he thinks he's an actor and that he's that, that he's been set up and right. that this is the, a big production. I'm like, dude, listen, that was, that was tired an hour ago in this movie. You know, I, it's just I don't even know why you brought that up now. So, anyway. You know, I... I uh, the thing I liked about this movie it had some great visuals. I mean, there were some really trippy parts, but 
that all plays into the, what you didn't like about it, how it was just a... Like I said, the special effects were good. The the police officer that I mean, take it for what you it was a it was a little pig and it's a police officer. <laughs> so I mean, take it yeah. for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. And there were some other parts in there. There's some creatures and things. And like I said, really gross that when she was upside down with her face on the right side way. <laughs> you yeah. got to see that, that because that, that was, was just practical. Weird. I mean, that was just that was just makeup and. Uh, and wasn't it? I mean, am I thinking about the right thing? It wasn't special effects or anything. It had was to it, be special well, effects. Well, I mean, it, was it was it like computer generated? It, it had to be because really? it was okay. really her face because she was saying oh, stuff oh. to him and she's walking to him, but her body was totally contorted. And the coolest part about it was she then turned over to come back the right way, but then her head was on backwards. It uh, was really you have to see it because it was really. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It was really actually. pretty good. That that was that was that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that and couple of years i'll bet so god i was gonna try to uh catch up on all these but i fell asleep during ghost of mars <laughs> late, late last night and i was still planning on staying up to watch this one but i had seen it before is there anything else that we wanted to say about that oh you're oh we did the six degrees yeah we, yeah no we i think uh we we said no bone saw award i mean i don't want to just yeah throw no bone saw. i don't want to throw those out for just nothing so, so decent the, movie again one of those that if it's on demand Go check it out, or if you can watch it without commercial interruption or something like that. I mean, it's got. I would even. It's I got even Charlton Heston it. in it. Damn dirty apes, dude. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Charlton Heston, have you guys seen the Omega Man? No, but I need to. Isn't that the same thing as uh, I Am Legend? Oh, yeah, if similar. It's based off the same book by Richard Matheson. Oh, he is so damn funny in that show. In Omega Man? <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? He, he's just trying to act all hip at the 70s. Richard Matheson, did he write I Am Legend? He did. Oh, because I read that. It's a short story. I read that before I saw the movie. Really? Because I... Is it a short story? Maybe maybe short to you is really long to me. It's, it was 100 pages. Oh, I have the book here. Well, he, I don't remember. But there's like four other short stories in there. Oh, is there? It. Okay. I, but I read it, It's and uh, it's interesting because the book is... Uh, the book is a lot different than uh, I Am Legend, the movie. It's actually probably the most similar to a, a movie that Vincent Price did, I think, in 63 called Last Man on Earth. Which could be. Is, it's all about vampires. Yeah. The, the book originally. And oh, exactly. And it's interesting because all those all those things that we talk about as far as the rules, which we're going to be talking about in this movie. Right. Up and coming with the, the John Carpenter's vampires. Yep. It's funny because he's he figures out the science behind why all that stuff works, which I exactly. thought was interesting. But the, I, and I was expecting that's how the movie was going to go, but it <laughs> it didn't at all. I know that we've gotten off on a little tangent uh, with the I Am Legend, but what do you, what did you think about that? Just just to get a quick, I liked that movie a lot. Mm. I liked I it a lot. It. I liked it too. I would no, I said I would have liked it more if uh, I don't know. I didn't like the monsters in that. I didn't. I didn't the think CGI it was, very, was lacking. Yeah, well. I don't know. You could tell it was CGI, and you yeah, could, exactly. I didn't like that part very much. Yeah, I mean, I, they were they were creepy, dude. I mean, that very first scene when when he goes around the corner and right. they're all hovering around, breathing heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was creepy. I Is thought it? they did a good job, but then yeah, when they get closer and they're looking around, yeah. But that's what I mean because in the movie they're vam- or in the book they're vampires, but right. in the movie they're they're like super uh, they're super sick people. Yeah, but but what was like? What's the word for it? Their metabolism, super oh, right. hyper metabolized right. humans, and so yeah, yeah. But some of that stuff, like when the girls on the table screaming, right. I thought it was. I thought it was good. Yeah. Oh, anyway, we'll differ on that. I think you know. Actually, I think the story was good. I like the ending. You know, not the ending that came on the DVD. The extra ending, I hated that one. Yeah, I didn't see that. But that I'll, sucks. The but, ending, but the was, ending was good. I like the book up until the last page. Because I'll tell you right now, the the movie ended. 
a hell of a lot better than the book. Think so? Absolutely. I I've read it. It's been a long time since I've read it. So I, I did not remember. like the end of the book. Which ending? The one where where Will Smith dies? Yeah. That one was spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah. better. It's the guy dies at the end of this one, but the vampires go on to win. I right. just I hated it. I hated. I didn't like it. Anyways. Well, right. it's better than the than the alternate alternative. I didn't see the alternative, the alternative ending. Basically, he goes, oh, "I saved your girl here." They, and he gives the girl back to him, and then they drive away, and everything was happily ever after. And it was stupid. I would have got up and peed on the screen if they would have done that in the movie theater. <laughs> we're, we're glad you did. Oh, at the movie theater, I was going to say yeah, at the movie theater. <laughs> I would not have stood for that at all. No, Sam that, has a powerful stream. Yes, Very I do. Powerful. I can hit it from anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. To our listeners for that um, little divergent conversation piece, but we have come to the movie that we've that we all watched that we made sure to all watch last night. So, uh, because this is probably one of my favorite John Carpenter movies, period. But again, it's not one of the classics. I, you know, it is one of his less popular, but it was it was really good. I thought it was a solid, well done vampire movie, and uh, I don't know why it would be considered that, but. It's good. It's got good acting. I mean, good actors in it and everything. Well, and it and well, let's talk. The budget was twenty million. Um, it actually the gross revenue in the USA only. I can only get the U.S. numbers was about twenty million and two hundred forty-one thousand. So it didn't really cover its weight. Well, it did, well, it covered it plus that. Like I said, that was only the U.S. numbers. All right. So and I and I don't know how it did internationally, but basically anything that that it did outside of the USA was profit. They should have added a tree rape scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you where that $20 million went. It went for those uh, f- those flower fireworks that got put on the back of the vampires when they went outside. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where all $20 million of that went. Well, let, let's talk about, I mean, because I'm sure that a lot of our listeners have seen it. Uh, we'll go into it, but why? what, ma- what makes you think that it, or why do you think that it wasn't as popular as some of the other ones? I think it's been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that you're probably looking at a time, what was it, 1998? Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, well, actually, I don't know what movies were about that time. I think there was Interview with the Vampire. wasn't too too long earlier before mm-hmm. that. Uh-huh. I think you, you've the vampire movies have been done before. So yeah. what's the name of the movie? Vamp- yeah, right. Vampires. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. people are like, well, I've seen that. Well, yeah, and maybe now looking at it you know, 10 years later, I don't know. You, once you get out of the what's going on right at that time, what other movies came out at the time, I think it's easier to judge a, a movie on its own merits instead of kind of what you've been going through. For instance, like Armageddon and Deep Impact both came out at the same time. Yeah, there was two volcano movies that yeah. came out at the same time. All of them were pieces of crap. Yeah. But at least I know now that they're pieces of crap on their own. Well, and I'll tell on their you own what, instead of just because they copied each other. I'll tell you what could have helped. Not settling for like the fourth place Baldwin brother. On, may, may on, vampires? Yeah, on vampires, that <laughs> oh, may have helped a little more. Well, let, let's just get into it. Let's talk about it. Uh, it actually got a 5.7 on IMDb, which, you know my rule, if it's got above a 3, I'll freaking watch it. I thought it was 4. Is it 3 now? <sighs> Man. Mike's standards are low. That's cool. I, I mean, do that's, not. Re- that's fine. Our standards wow. and women are pretty much well, well, maybe it's maybe it's a. Uh, I don't remember. What, did you, what was that? I'm going to waste you. <laughs> Uh, first of all, let's let's uh, before we go into it, all these movies had the same people do the effects. Uh, it was K and B effects, uh, which is uh, Robert Kurtzman, Gregory Nicotero, and Howard Berger, and they they were really big. I, now they've split off into their own um, 
into their own companies and whatnot. But this is, I mean, I, reading through all sorts of horror magazines and all, these these are the guys. These are these are the men, and they did actually did the effects for all three of the movies we talked about so far, oh. and, and including uh, Vampires, which is the fourth. Um, they did other ones like they worked on Fear itself, which we're going to talk about today's non-movie horror, which is a surprise to you guys, I'm sure. Uh, they actually they they did Mirrors, and I I don't know. I think now it's it's you know maybe one or two of them, but uh, they you know so. I don't know if they're all doing it together anymore. I know they have different companies. Uh, but they did Diary of the Dead, Planet Terror, Death Proof, Hostile 1 and 2, Hills Have Eyes Remake 1 and 2, uh, Land of the Dead, House of Wax, Serenity, uh, All the Masters of Horror, uh, Amityville, the new one, <clears throat> and uh, Ginger Snaps movies, Ghost Ship, Cabin Fever, Minority Report. So, so they're just... They've done wow. tons. So they did. So all like all the really violent horror movies yeah. these days, really, those guys are responsible for. That's that's a, that's an inner, or a impressive body of work there. And they are the new Tom Savini's, I guess, because Tom Savini did a lot of the ones in the 80s. These guys, even in non-horror movies, if there are effects, you know, like... Uh, well, Minority Report and Serenity, those aren't horror movies. Right, but, but even like regular old... Romantic comedies. If there's like a like a part with a, I don't know, with, with something that would call for their talents, they are the guys. That's you know? that's impressive. But uh, I mean, because even Serenity had the Reavers and the, right. you know whatnot, so it was maybe a little scary. I'm sure it was sci-fi horror. Probably scared yeah. Paul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably did. But uh, well, yeah, but these guys, but these guys did all all the effects from the movies we we're talking about. And also one other thing before we start Vampire, John Carpenter did the music for all the movies that we talked that, that we've talked about today. He's a composer too. Oh, huh? oh yeah, well yeah, that's he he did all. I mean he's done most of his movies. I mean even his even the the most famous Halloween. Uh, oh wow! Little, you know the, yeah. the little piano riff there. He wrote them all, and I noticed a lot of similarities in, in the soundtracks between, especially They Live in Vampires. You know, same guy, bound to be similarities. But a great job, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, not to mention one of the most iconic movie theme of all time when Halloween's. That one is... Well, that was like three notes, so that was ingenious. <laughs> well, well, the funny thing is, it is we, we have a guy we work with who likes the tune so much, he put it as his ringtone. He doesn't even know what it's from. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh. So, Did you tell him? Yeah, we told him. Oh, great. Who cares? I've never seen it. Dick. No, well, that, and that goes to say, you know, I don't know how many notes it really is joking around. But it is one of those. It's, it's, it's haunting. Yeah. It's simple, but it, man, it once it gets in your mind, yeah, it just keeps going. So you know, credit to him for that. All right, we'll go ahead and uh, talk about vampires. Sam, why don't you go ahead and, and give the synopsis on this? Kay. Would you like to? I'd love to. Let's do it. So the movie starts out with a bunch of action, which is this vampire team that goes in. It shows James Woods, whose name is Jack, and he's with his buddy Montoya, which is the Fourth or fifth Baldwin brother, I don't remember which one. He it is. is he is two years younger than Alec, so he's Bad an older Baldwin. Baldwin brother. Yeah, but he's one that's <laughs> he's kind of in the, I you know the Baldwin brothers. Four of them, two of them are big pansies. The the Billy and and uh, Stephen, Stephen, and then Alec and Daniel are uh, the two least is, I'd want to fight. Daniel the, is Daniel the one Daniel. in this one? Daniel, yeah. Okay, yeah. so the problem is he got bit and he's still running. That's why we haven't seen him since. <laughs> yeah, so it's going on. Oh, great. <laughs> Well, I hope nobody picked up on that spoiler. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so so they but start let, out. Let's just say though, too. Sorry to interrupt All you. Right. Let's just spoil this. 
We're, we've got because th- there. It's, Listen, we're reviewing movies that have been out for like fifteen or eighteen years. And this I'm, one's ten, but still, you know, I'm pretty sure the people have seen let's these hope. movies. So if not, stop listening now. Go watch the movie and then turn this back on. Anyway, so you've got this team of of slayers. They're going right into a nest, and they're like, "Man, this looks like a great nest." So they go in there and they hammer these vampires. Like they really get them. But they don't find the master, which right. if you find the master, then you're killing a whole bunch of vampires. So so they celebrate. They go to this party, and they're hanging out with hookers, and there's a cop there and just some weird... <laughs> and know, a priest. They, the they just wanted, they wanted to represent all aspects of life and <laughs> all the types. thanks the cop for finding the hookers for him, too. That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> everybody's involved. So anyways, they're hanging out, and all of a sudden the master comes and just wreaks havoc. By the way... Awesome special effects. The- when we get introduced to the master, there's one of the coolest death scenes oh, of yeah. all time. By the way, the guy who he killed, who, who, basically what happens is he sticks his hand in this guy's gut and then tears it up and, and tears the whole guy's torso into. And I'm really glad that that was the guy that had that happen because he's probably one of the ugliest guys in What else movies. is that guy? I recognize him on all sorts of stuff. He, but he was in Seven as uh, the informer. To, oh. for, and he, he just, he's in a lot of these. Oh, he was also in Batman Begins as one of the. I think he was a dirty cop. Oh, that's what it was. I knew I'd seen him pretty recently, so that must be what it was. He has no business being in movies. I hate looking. Well, at he's him. only in there for five minutes, and that, but but you know what? I would have given him a kick in the balls for being in that movie at all. But since he goes out in awesome fashion, we are going to hold off. No, he he definitely uh, he de- that that's that's awesome. <laughs> So anyways, this uh, master vampire lays waste to this party and kills most of the Slayers. So all that's left is James Woods and Montoya. And so James Woods has to go back looking for answers, and so he goes back to the Cardinal, who has, I guess, employed these Slayers. The Catholic Church has employed these Slayers to kill these vampires, and they learn the story about this guy because he rec- James Wood recognizes a picture. Mm-hmm. So come to find out that this guy's probably looking for the Black Cross. Mm-hmm. And so they have to find out where it's at. In the meantime, one of the prostitutes that James Woods was going to lay the wood to was <laughs> bitten on the feminine parts by the master and so is now infused with vampire blood. So she now, for some inexplicable reason, has 48 hours uh, before she turns into a vampire. I guess. And the well, nice thing well, about that, it is... That was the, part of the vampire yeah, rules. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a whole bunch of rules that they lay out. They're like, rule number 76, yeah. this, this, and that. <laughs> I, was, I was so grateful for that because the rules always change in the different movies. I was really happy to know what rule we were abiding by at the time. But anyway, they so... They their own Slayer rules, too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Their own posse and, and becoming a vampire That's slayer. right. Like, the vampire rules, it, it was funny because uh, James Wood is explaining them and... Uh, he, just for no reason, there's a 48-hour psychic link. Well, yeah, there's a link that happens, but then, you know, once she's all the way in, then right. they, have to, they have to kill her. But they're going to use this prostitute to um, to go ahead and see what's going on. Special so. note, I'm glad that it was her that got bit because I don't think I would have watched the rest of the movie if any of the other prostitutes made it. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> you know, because when there's a part there where she, she's been bit, and so they take her, and uh, Billy Daniel, Daniel Baldwin has her. And um, he, she, it shows her, and she's tied up naked to the bed, and he yeah. explains to her that he had to undress her, which, you know, why? <laughs> of course, of trip. course you need to undress her and make sure, because she's a vampire, for heaven's sakes, you need to make sure. <laughs> He's just being careful. You have to be careful, and he cleaned her up, too. Yeah. So thank heavens for Daniel Baldwin and, and, and making sure that that well, guy that happened. kind heart. Yeah, and then after he laid on her and was beaten on her, then he, uh, then he covered her up with, <laughs> with the covers. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Anyway, so they go on, and, and it's, it's this uh, 
trying to trying to find this master. The master attacks them. They get a new priest. Well, except for one thing that bugged me about it was James Woods kept calling him Padre. Yeah. Um, I looked it up afterwards, and James Wood is writing a book called "I Want to Be a Mexican" um, <laughs> because he kept saying Mexican <laughs> phrases throughout well, the whole I th- movie. I think what it was, he was trying to like mock them, and I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's like he was a calling mo- people amigos. Was, he was yeah. calling people padre Uh-oh. at the end. He says "vaya con Dios." I'm like, dude, re- oh, relax right. with the Mexican. <laughs> Rel- just relax with the James. You're always going to be the branch shark. of the Catholic Church that they were dealing with was uh, Mexican. All the they were always missions and stuff that they were going. Well, yeah, the to movie takes place in Mexico and in the uh, the southwestern United States. The whole movie's dusty and it looks like the desert. And you know, I mean, that, that's just kind of how it so is. Maybe so, it added yeah. to the ambiance. San my Miguel bad. My bad. Oh, that's true. I did. Yeah, you're right on that stuff. Cities. So then, so it's just a big battle at that time. Daniel Baldwin gets bit. Montoya he gets bit by the girl. And there's a fight, and then they have to figure out how to kill because his what? vampire wants to be the Black Cross is going to allow him to be out out during the day, mm. and then he's not going to light on fire with those like I mentioned those flower <laughs> uh, fireworks and well, stuff like that. Kind of an interesting subtext when it comes to that because when when Jack Crow is out there trying to find the you know trying to hunt this vampire, uh, the priests aren't being straight up with him because they actually are embarrassed. Because the the way the Valak became a vampire in the first place was an exorcism performed by the Catholic Church that went wrong. So the Catholic Church created the first vampire. That's true. And they want to hide that. They want, you know, so they were trying to kind of not have to give... Uh, Jack Crow, all the information, and you know, just and he's, he he could sense it. I mean, he knew oh, yeah. he wasn't being told a straight story, but he had some extra ammunition because his parents were turned by vampires, right? So. I, overall, though, I mean, that's really how the story goes. Right. So now we can get into some of the more specific areas mm-hmm. of the movie because I have some favorite parts <laughs> Dude, on it. You just mentioned the part where Montoya w- uh, beat beat up the hooker in the in the hotel, and uh, one one of my favorite parts is when uh, when the Montoya and the girl made it there first, and Jack Crow was gonna clean up the bodies of his uh, of, of his friends that died uh, in the hooker party. And so he showed up later to see this this hooker all beat up. And, That's right. uh, and uh, why is there a bruise on her jaw? He's like, I hit her. Who cares? Leave me alone. <laughs> like, like it's so normal just to beat on him. You know, that reminds me, too, of, you know, it was interesting because I don't know if you guys got this feeling, but every time they were going to find vampires, mm. they were going to these abandoned houses. Yeah. And then it was like during the daytime, and it had, they had a group like they were going in. I felt like I was watching some of those reality shows on Animal Planet where they're going in to get the crocodiles and, like, the snakes and crap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I really got that thought. That. I was, it was awesome. <laughs> so I kind of got that. That was kind of the mode I was Crikey, in, the mood I was feeling. We're in. about to see some bloodsuckers coming. That's my That's best right. Australian. That was, that was really good. <laughs> you know what? I hope I didn't offend any Australian listeners there. Cause that, <laughs> that's really the best I could do. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. Well, you added the crikey. The that's crikey. Key. I think that's all I know. But probably the greatest scene that I thought was just where I was like, man, that is just awesome. Mm. 
was was towards the end when James Woods is riding on top of a female vampire being pulled out. Right. And he's shooting her in the head, like, <laughs> over and over right there. And then he's stabbing her with oh, a yeah. wooden stake. I'll tell you what, that was awesome. He was just beating That he was, was awesome. Her. Talk about not holding anything back. Point blank range, a gun right in her yeah. face, blowing her brains out. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. You know, that scene made me think for a second, though. What about the blank shots that are being... Yeah. She oh, like in real life, distance away, and all. So, so I, so it brought you're just me back freaked out because life. of uh, the crow killed Brandon Lee. <laughs> 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 yes. I hope this this oh. no name vampire doesn't die. <laughs> hey, I don't like to get my entertainment from actual death. All right. All right. Good, good now, for you. There's something wrong with you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Jack Crow for a minute. That uh, James Woods, his character was funny. Yeah. Tough yeah. and belligerent and yep. rude and yep. totally well, likable. <laughs> the this movie is not a not a Anne Rice romantic vampire no. movie or any it, these guys are badasses fact, and badass vampire killers. In, fa- in fact, I'm going to read a line and I'm I'm going to bleep out some offensive words. <laughs> but this is how Jack Crow explains explains the vampires. Uh, so I'm reading this, uh, you know, directly uh, off of the IMDb Okay, so so uh, James Woods is telling the one of the the priest about the this is the rule scene, and he talks about how they are not like Anne Rice vampires. He says, "No, well, first of all, they're not romantic. It's not like they're a bunch of effing fags hopping around in rented formal wear and seducing everybody in sight with <laughs> cheesy Euro trash accents. All right, forget whatever you've seen in the movies. They don't turn into bats. Crosses don't work. Garlic? You want to try garlic?" You could you should you could stand there with a garlic around your neck and one of these buggers will bend you effing over and take a walk up your strata chocolata ass while he's sucking the blood out of your neck, all right? <laughs> and they don't sleep in coffins lined in taffeta. You wanna kill one, you drive a wooden stake right through his effing heart, sunlight turns them into crispy critters. Well That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know what is funny is I'd heard of, I'd seen this movie a number of times before and I never realized that he was saying, "Walk up your strata chocolata." We're gonna have to work that in from <laughs> which, now on. Which is probably one of the most colorful synonyms for a hole that I have ever <laughs> heard. <laughs> oh, strata chocolata, str- right up your strata chocolata. <laughs> yeah. We could spend the next half an hour just laughing at that. Well, just, just saying it and then giggling. About, yeah, that's funny. Wow. Chocolata. Another another line of James Woods was after the the new priest and him mm-hmm. they do some vampire killing and stuff and and he leans over to the new priest and he's like, oh. "Hey, while we were while we were killing those vampires, did you get any? Did you get a little?" Wood over there? Did you get a little mahogany yeah. going yeah. on? Well, the funny thing is, boner. <laughs> what? what the? I, don't I don't know, know if he dropped the boner. I don't know if he dropped the boner, but I didn't <laughs> want to mince words. Well, and, which is funny because you know he, like I said, Jack is a very sensitive guy. He's worried. He always wants to know the state of other guys' wieners because he also he also well, his last name is Woods. Well, <laughs> he also asked Valak if he uh, I can't remember exactly how he put it, but he said something like, "Yeah, so uh, so how's your dick doing today?" <laughs> no, he didn't. He, didn't. <laughs> he did. Oh, he, and then he stabbed it. Oh, he did. Yeah, right towards the. End. Well, didn't he say? Didn't he say something like, 
Wow, so does it still work after all these years? You've been, uh, you know, a vampire for hundreds of years. No, he says like, "How's your How's your dick doing today?" Well, and then he blunt. stabs him right at the end, <laughs> like right there. I, not, I didn't with I that must, cross thing. Oh, funny. yeah, oh yeah. So you know what? He's concerned. He is. That's good to know about <laughs> well, James Woods. He's uh, he's aging. And his uh, well, he just wants may not be functioning as well, and wants to know. It's top of mind how he compares to everyone else. Exactly, because <laughs> he was like, well, I, maybe it was a little bit of uh, how demented he is, because maybe he had a little mahogany when he was beating him up. He, he just wondered if other people experience the same <laughs> blood flow he does. Yeah. Well, that is a nice way to put it. Thank you. Uh, but uh, as far as Jack Crow, yeah, he was he was a great leading man you loved him and you hated him he's you i know, pretty much loved him you knew that guy was just gonna go all out to kill vampires right. well and he said some there were some stupid <laughs> stupid lines that he had but they were forgivable no absolutely just because uh he was he was so bad and that valet guy he's a pretty ominous figure he, he's in that big, movie isn't he? yeah he Who is i was is wondering if guy? he I was wondering if he had um, some sort. I'm sure he had to have like raised boots or something Maybe. like that, because he was a big dude. Even in the scene in the in the in the Sun God Motel, which is where they had the hooker party, he came in. He was taller than everybody in that place. You know, he was big you, too. Did you see if, what other movies he's on? He looked familiar to me. Yeah, he's very recognizable. What's his name? Uh, let me look it up. Okay, so Valak was played by Thomas Ian Griffith, who. I'm looking through some. Oh, he was in Triple X as Agent Jim McGrath, but oh, he wasn't. Really? He wasn't in a lot of uh, movies that I've seen. He was in Behind Enemy Lines, I guess. Cole the Conqueror in 1997. I, I, uh, he was not. the picture of a vampire, though. Yeah. In this movie, I mean, this is what you expect. He was in a bunch of uh, episodes of One Tree Hill. Oh, that's wonderful. I, well, yeah. Well, I, I, I've, I don't think I've seen. I mean, he must just look. Seen. He must just kind of when they made him up. Well, he's got like just like people. regular blonde yeah. or regular just hair. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like long and black. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like he just looks like a normal guy until the makeup artist got. He was definitely good. You know, one thing I can't figure about out about vampire um, <laughs> movies, and it must just be their vampire teeth. But when, whenever they're drinking blood out of a cup or something. <laughs> They always spill it down their face. <laughs> That's because they actually make a dribble cup by puncturing the cup itself with is their teeth. Is that what the problem is? Yes. I just don't. I mean, I can understand it when you, you sink your teeth into someone's aorta or like right in their their neck and they got blood spurred <laughs> all over the place. But when you're drinking out of a cup, you'd think that they'd be able to just, you know, if they need it that much, they'd savor every drop instead of <laughs> dripping it down their face. Listen, vampires only have table manners in Anne Rice's novels. And I swear every time they're drinking it, like their mouth is open while they drink it, they're going, ah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's kind of weird it's to me. Effect. I, I guess I'll have to, ever I, I'll have to. Have to drink with things like that. No. Yeah, it's very tough. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go, uh, I'm going to have to find Christian, what's, what's that guy's last name? Christian. Um, Christian. Take him with a gun, interview with the vampire? Yeah, I'm going to have to go find him so we can do an interview with the vampire. I was trying to make a really funny joke there, and it just didn't come together. Trust us. Could not That was going to be funny. That was going to be so funny, and I couldn't remember his last name. (laughs) Christian. Is that guy even alive anymore? Slater. He's actually in a show, a new network TV show coming up. So, yeah, he's still still around. So, scratch that joke. That wasn't even funny. Funny to me. Okay. All right. Sam, that that I apologize. that that is. Let me a, just apologize. That's a, that, that's a rare misfire. And also, while you're 
while you're watching this movie, and I, you know, I hope you go back and watch it, and you can laugh at some of the stuff that we talk about and enjoy some of the things we talk about. But there's this one part where this guy, he doesn't figure out that there's a girl standing in front of the vampire. So he shoots like five times yeah. into this girl. Yeah. I'm like, dude, did you not? You're not hitting him. The, the girl's in front of him. So watch for that part too. That's pretty funny. Well, and the 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 best thing about that is, is it's kind of a middle finger from Valak because he's been getting shot up this whole time and no big deal. So he uses. So what does he do? He gets a human shield that he doesn't need, just so that. Well, I guess the I guess the guy shooting the him didn't dies. last very long. Yeah. To, to feel guilty about it, but I enjoyed that scene probably. I don't know. I just enjoyed it. There's a lot of boobs flying around. <laughs> Ball, <laughs> wow. Well, Ball's favorite scene, yeah. Like I said, I don't I don't know about the selection, but Paul is more of a quantity guy and not a quality guy. <laughs> like I said earlier, our standards for women are about a three and up. So. Wow. <laughs> oh, that, that's, oh. They got all the parts. They qualify. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> And, and just to mention, this show, this vampire spawned a couple of sequels. One was called Vampires Los Muertos, and John Bon Jovi was the main uh, vampire hunter in it. How do you say that again? Muertos. So that means vampires the dead? See, I'm working on my Mexican. I think we need to talk to John James Woods about that. <laughs> but because I'm pretty Wasting sure James Wood on Mexican. <laughs> yeah, because I'm pretty sure that that means vampires the dead. Yeah, probably something like that. But... The third installment takes place in Thailand or somewhere in Southeast Asia, and they all know karate. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Those are vicious vampires. That is. What? Wait, wait. Was that right? Are you sure that wasn't? You know what? Let's look that one up, too. You sure that note. wasn't Vampires Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Just so <laughs> everyone knows, Mike is afraid of people who know karate. Not afraid of many people. But people who know karate makes him. Have you seen twice. Tony Jaw take out a giant bald headed guy? <laughs> I did see I am that. a giant bald headed guy. <laughs> I don't want some five foot three dude jumping on me, elbowing me in the head. <laughs> on your shoulders. I was wrong. That the the sequel I'm thinking of was actually a sequel to Dracula two thousand. It was actually Dracula two thousand part three. So So were there any sequels to this one? There was no no no. no. The, the John the, Bon Jovi the, one was. Los Muertos was. Los Muertos, Vampires was, of the Dead. Yeah, but uh, the, the the Thai one was a sequel to Dracula 2000. Okay. Yeah, okay, so that so that goes to that movie. I think that is close to getting a bonus award. I, I, no, I give that one. Okay. I give that one. I I think typically when I when I watch a horror movie, I, I don't like it. it. It's not that memorable or it's not something that I embrace and love. Uh, if it's only gut, blood and guts, it has to have some story. But on the other end, if it's only a story, you know, and no action or blood and guts, I don't like it either. You know, I think for me to give that it a, in the to give it a bone saw award, it would have to be one that I would recommend to someone who's not generally a horror, uh, someone who watches horror movies but will watch right. them every once in a while. Right. So I would give it a bone saw. I would award. give I'd it. I give that one a bone saw. Yeah, and they that. live again gets a bone saw, but the other two don't. Is that, yes, is that kind, I, is I haven't seen They Live, but now I'm going to have to go see it oh, because it's on there. It is funny. Okay, so I've got six degrees of uh, to Bruce Campbell. We've got James Woods, who's in Surf's Up with Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Jeff Bridges was with Tobey Maguire and Seabiscuit, and Tobey Maguire's in it with, uh, with Bruce what movies are you Campbell watching? Campbell in uh, <laughs> Spider-Man. Listen, dude, I'm going to get those six degrees. I, is it- I, I'm not going to say I watched Seabiscuit or cried about it. But I'm going to say that uh, it's it's definitely one of those links. 
Is it just me, or is the only movie that we can link people to Bruce Campbell? To, we, we need to make a challenge not to use Spider-Man. Well, I need to get I'm a little more familiar with Bruce Campbell's works besides Spider-Man, but I'm going to tell you that's pretty much going to be the first link. Okay. Well, right that, that's now, fine. If we're, if we're getting it back. But we need to be creative as to how we're getting there. Well, I have a who else said that. This is a part where Montoya is actually getting ready to kill a female vampire, and he says, How do you like your steak, bitch? And actually, I found that that was a card that PETA sent to Dr. Atkins when he died. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. So there you go on that. So that's it for that. Well, um, now that we've um, kind of incorporated Bruce Campbell a little bit into our show, and hopefully we can actually start finding movies to use Six Degrees of Bruce Campbell in that's not Spider-Man. That, that was a great who else said that. Although, Thank you. Maybe a little bit cold. Maybe a little bit harder. You know what? It's all about getting you guys to laugh. And they're true. Like yeah, I said, you Google oh, that yeah, stuff. That's right. We, you Google that the, stuff. This is I challenge <laughs> you to find it. <laughs> it's on the fifth page. Uh, that's there. right. It's on like the fifth O in Google. <laughs> Let me just briefly mention a movie that uh, Bruce Campbell was in. It's called Man with the Screaming Brain. Bruce Campbell wrote it, starred in it, directed it. It's his project. I actually uh, went to... Uh, See the screening of that, and Bruce Campbell actually came in and um, he introduced the show, took some questions and answers. I mean, I was right on the front row. I'm pro- you know, probably 10 feet away from him, and I had all these questions that I wanted to uh, ask him and whatnot, but uh, as, as other people in the crowd are asking him questions, all he was doing was wasting them. <laughs> like, he was just making <laughs> fun of them. And, uh, for instance, one guy goes, uh, one guy asked him, so uh, how do I break into B-movies? And, and Bruce Campbell looks at him and just says, "Dude, you don't want to break into B movies. You want to be making the A movies, yeah, the ones they play on airplanes or transatlantic flights. Because <laughs> if you're if you're if you're if you're uh, setting your standards at B movies, you're not going to do anything. This is where you end up. <laughs> you know, you know, he kind of made fun of it. A couple other people and my wife kept nudging me, asking me your questions, asking me. I'm like, there is no way." I don't, I don't know if I could take Bruce Campbell waste to me. I don't know if I could. The movie itself gives me a headache to watch. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I, I don't know, but every time I watch it, I end up with a headache. Take that. Is he screaming? No. <laughs> he screams a little. It's funny. There's some really funny parts. Huh. Uh, let's just say I love Bruce Campbell, but that one does not get a bone saw award. Very interesting. I just love Bruce Campbell because of the Evil Dead trilogy. Oh, really yeah. is why. Yeah. He's been in so many funny. Yeah, so I many. love him because of the Axe commercial. Oh yeah, oh those Where's are great. The... <laughs> oh, that's no, that's Old Spice, isn't it? That's Old Spice. Old Spice. Yeah, yeah that's great. I love that. Well, see, it, it. Paul loved him so much he didn't even notice what product he was. He just uh, knew he was singing. Uh, <laughs> who was hungry like the wolf by Duran Duran? That's what it was, Duran Duran. Distracted by all the women in that commercial. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. not ugly. Non-movie you, horror. Non-movie horror. You know, and this is actually, uh, we kind of came up with this at the last minute. I, I mentioned Fear Itself earlier when I was talking about K&B effects. Uh, this is a, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, with uh, Showtime had a couple of seasons of a show called Masters of Horror, which took, you know, these uh, horror directors, these, these the, the ones that have had great success, ones that have made some of the most iconic horror movies of all time, uh, such as John Carpenter. And, uh, you know, some of the ones like Wes Craven, uh, you know, so it's just some of the big names, uh, John Landis. Anyhow, 
this show was on for two seasons, and basically all it was was a one-hour horror story. But since it was on Showtime, it was bloody, it was graphic. You know, anything go, anything went on this show. And I really liked it. Anyway, so, so what happened is they decided to take this same idea, except for put it on network TV. And I've been, I've been watching it, you know, and, and obviously every episode, the quality and the, the story type are going to be different because it's a different director every single time they put an episode on. And let's just say the, but the translation from a pay cable show to the network TV has kind of left it lacking a lot. Actually, there, was, there have been a couple of good ones. The first episode was pretty good where... Uh, a couple, there, there were some bank robbers that show up at, at this cabin in the boonies where two 19-year-old women lived and they were part of some cult. They kind of made it seem out, you know, and it kind of turned into a, you know, the, the girls end up taking on the guys and, you know, one thing went, one thing led to another and most of the people were dead by the end of the show, which was good. Uh, and, you know, but there have been a lot of, you know, just kind of stupid ones, you know, throughout the series. I just saw uh, the second one that I really liked. There have been a few that were just okay, but uh, most of them have been a disappointment. Uh, but this was the one. Uh, Doug Jones was was the main character. Basically, I, I don't know if you guys you, have you guys seen, you could seen Hellboy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You've yeah. seen uh, he was uh, Abe Sapien in the two Hellboys. He oh, was in. Okay. Uh, he was also in Pan's Labyrinth. As he, the, he was like the the white oh, the white guy that oh, was all nice creepy that. looking and oh. well let's put it this way he is that creepy looking in real life he's completely totally skinny and he, he's got these long fingers and he just moves kind of in a weird really? way really anyhow this the most recent episode is basically about this family who he's the dad and they live out on this ranch Jack Jones's character was taking this group out on a tour well everybody died on the tour and and he was missing. But he finally comes back, and uh, but some, he's sick. Something is wrong with him. Come to find out that there, there was a, a Native American that, that talked about the Wendigo, who basically is kind of a ghost of the wilderness that takes over, uh, you know, that possesses people. And let's just say that this guy, Doug Jones, does a great job in it because there's not a whole lot of story to it. He comes back. I mean, there's all sorts of family drama going on. But he, he puts together a, a scary performance i mean they've got makeup on him to make him look sick but most of it's just like the way he moves his arms and all this weird stuff and he makes weird noises and stuff anyhow not to get too deep into that episode that that was a good episode the first there was a uh, the first episode i saw that i mentioned was good and there was also one with eric roberts of um just in batman begins is uh and julia roberts brother do you know one time he got mad at julia roberts and blamed her that his uh because his career wasn't as big as hers no, it's because his boobs aren't as big as hers. Yeah, unfortunately. They don't even look anything alike either. When yeah. I heard that, I was shocked because yeah. they don't look anything alike. So anyway, as far as Fear Itself, I I don't know. I, I would say it's a pass. I hate to say that because it's fear to the masses. It's on like at 8 p.m. on Thursdays, I think. Yeah, but that's, it's watered down. Anytime yeah, it you is. see Anytime you see horror on network television... You're, you're going to get a watered down. Well, here, here's the. Here, I think one big difference is, I mean, if you get a horror movie that they show on network television, it's edited. Sure, it's watered down, but I mean, the it's still the the dark plot lines and stuff like this. And this is the same type of thing. It's just that this is too polished, a little too, I guess, 
I don't know. I cannot stand watching sitcoms or anything like that anymore because they've uh, since Seinfeld. There's nothing that's interested me because they're all the same crap. It's the same jokes over and over and over, have and you, it's setting each other up, and you know what's coming, and it's you, just silly. Have you seen the commercials for the new Bill Ingvall show? Yeah, terrible, horrible, terrible. Oh yeah, and I I want to kick Bill Ingvall in the balls because I. I guess he was on the Redneck Comedy Tour, which I, I never really got into. I saw one or two, and it was kind of funny. The stand-up that, that they did was, was yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, there some funny stuff they did. But that the sitcom, the commercials they had for uh, that, and the, the jokes they were telling. It's rehashed. I'm like, why don't you just slap a tag called Mr. Belvedere on it, and it's the same damn thing. And it just it drives me nuts because people, I don't know, I they think the audience is stupid. Yeah. Like, when I see that, I think, they honestly think I'm stupid and that I'm going to think that's funny. Right. And it pisses me the off. The sad thing is, is apparently it's, it's it works because they keep rehashing and recycling the same old crap. Well, it's interesting you say that because I was reading a an article about how family values are going down and you can tell by the sitcoms that are on TV. Mm-hmm. And so they talked about the Cosby show, how really good that was. Mm-hmm. And you had some other family movies or family shows that were really good, like Family Ties and some other things. And then they, they referenced some of them, like today, where the, the top hits are a family show because it's got kids in it, but it's got the edge of adults. I mm-hmm. guess like, like Two and a Half Men, it's got a kid in it. Huh. And then there's other shows that have kids See, in it. See, I don't even bother watching edge. or keeping either. up with it at all. I don't either. And and it, I think Fear Itself suffers a little bit. It's kind of made for that crowd a little bit more. But do you think it's 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 better to keep it completely off, you know, just to not have or to have on there as a gateway between that and real horror? Well, I, I guess. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I think someone that enjoys horror is going to go out and enjoy horror. I, right. You know, I, I, it's kind of like being halfway pregnant. I mean, if you want to be scared, mm-hmm. go watch something that's scary. If you, right. want, if you don't want to be scared, then don't watch something scary. So, to me, it just it doesn't really make sense because it's like, well, we're going to kind of be scary, but right. we're going to leave a lot to the imagination. Well, and, and the thing is, is I mean, there, there's, a, there's for instance, I was, I was watching this and I was, I was kind of on working on my laptop and whatnot. My daughter comes in, and just the part that was on that Doug Jones did scared her. He kind of puts up his arms and his weird uh, fingers, and, and he just makes this noise. That dude is creepy. Yeah. And it's, it really scared her. But to me, it was just, I mean, that, but the thing is, that was kind of the exception, that, that episode, where other ones are just like, oh, my gosh. Well, here's, here's, the, way, here's the way I look at it, and hopefully... It's just a sign of things to come, mm-hmm. and it is a gateway that Maybe. that th- they realize that most Americans aren't buying the crap that they're putting on. Are and they? Are they not? I mean, because they keep putting it on. I don't. I don't know. I think. Uh, I think the uh, TV watching in general is down. I'm, yeah. I don't know the stats. Well, probably. Well, I would assume so, just because there's so many uh, very accessible forms of entertainment, such as podcasting. <laughs> That's correct. Good plug for that. Yeah. No, but I think you're seeing even with the YouTube generation that yeah. you're, you know you're able to get what you want on right. somewhere, and they're going to figure it out pretty quick that you know, you're going to need to put something on there that sells, right? Or else you're going under. Well, yeah. there are a lot of new ways that 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 entertainment is being distributed. For instance, at first, you know, if you wanted to get a movie, you had to go to Blockbuster, you had to go to the mom pop store down the street. 
now. You can do Netflix or the Blockbuster uh, online, you know. Well, they're even talking about having boxes where you can download a movie from a server. Well, get this. And then you can watch it, like, for either a time limit or you can watch it five times and then it yeah. expires. Well, speaking of that, I have a Netflix account that I use, and I also have an Xbox 360. With the new fall update, I have heard that, they, that you're going to be able to stream the Netflix movies through your Xbox. You know, wow. Yeah. Oh, that'll be that'll And Nef- be and right now I love I am I love Netflix. In fact, I I mean I get the four movies at a time. I mean, I get a that I mean it's it's you know, it's 25 bucks a month or something, which is a lot less than what I was spending when we had to go to freaking Blockbuster yeah, and no to get all our movies. And plus Blockbuster when you went there, there was like cow, there was no selection. I mean, you went right. there, you're you're pissed off watching the same bull crap. Anyhow, so now that that Netflix is is making their uh their uh, movie streamable. Just watch them here. You know, you, nothing's coming into your. Not, you're actually not receiving anything. You're not downloading anything at all either. It's just streaming, which is which I think is is going to be awesome. Well, I, mean, I think that they're utilizing technology, and it'll just keep. It'll just continue yeah. to get better. So it's exciting. Yeah, I I love it. You know, and in fact, uh, I doubt I'll have any DVDs in the next five years. You know, once yeah. I get ripping them, ripping them to, you know, AVI. After I've purchased them legally, and uh, and uh, you know just watch them through a set top computer, you know that's that hooked up to my nice HD. The question TVs is the question is not really the media of mm-hmm. how it gets to us, but it's going to be what kind of content is are they going to be able to do and show that's right. going to be more scary than the last. Well, who knows if it has to be more? I mean, because yeah, you're right. I mean, things tend to get more extreme, and extreme, but the thing is, is, I think it goes in waves because. A couple of years ago, you—I mean—all of a sudden you had Saw and Hostel coming out, and that was just brutal, you know. And for a while, it was like, yeah, this is this is wild, you know, wow. But then people just got kind of tired of it because it was just the same old boring crap. So you know, I mean, I there—I mean, the term they used for that was torture porn. Ooh, they gave it a nice, oh, yeah. yeah. But I I don't see that stuff coming out much anymore. Well, I, mean, I think I think along with that, I think different things scare different people. True. I know for me. The very first episode when we when we reviewed the Lost, yeah. So far, that's been the scariest movie for. Oh me. yeah, because it's it's psychological. It could really happen. Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that freaks me out. Well, at any rate, Fear itself is hit and miss. I mean, watch it if you got got nothing else. It's free. It's on TV. Uh, don't expect a lot out of it. And DVR it. it. D- yeah, definitely DVR it because commercials. I am. I am becoming less and less able to tolerate. But then again, while I'm watching Family Guy, you got Bill Bill Ingvall again. That guy gets two kicks in the nuts for this for this episode. <laughs> it's there, there was one there was one commercial where he actually shows up, has a remote in his hand, pauses Family Guy with the remote that's on, talks for a minute, and then and then put in place Family Guy in. Well, you know, so they set it up so it's like, oh, obtrusive. Plus, I hate Bill Ingvall. That's horrible. Yeah. On that note, that is some scary <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we're come to the end of anything uh, I've got to say about you guys. Nope, just looking forward to episode four. All yeah. right. Of course, uh, we have no idea what it's going to be about yet. We li- we we like to keep we keep, like to keep it loose. That's right. <laughs> Off the cuff. <laughs> Maybe we'll do Rosemary's Baby Part Two. <laughs> well. Did you ever see that? No. The I, second one? I don't think there is one. There is not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Your door trying to get me. Anyhow, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, thanks for uh, some of you have given us reviews on iTunes. Go there and uh, 
if if you like the show, of course, if you're going to give us a bad review, we would appreciate it if you didn't keep go it to with, yourself. Yeah, just keep it to if yourself. If you don't have anything nice to say, no, just, just obey to, the golden rule. No, but go go to iTunes. Give us a give us a um, a review if you want. We'd really appreciate it. Go to cadaverlab.com. Hit our forums. Uh, we, read, you know, we've got blogs up there. Com- you can comment on those. You can also find us at Podcast Alley. Now, Podcast Alley, it's kind of a almost like you go there. You you put you set up your your podcast so you know people can access it there, and people vote for you, and people find out about podcasts through Podcast Alley. If they get votes for it, you know it uh, increases that uh, specific podcast visibility. And, uh, you know, we, we want people to listen. We are having a great time making this podcast. And uh, it's it's very motivating when there are people out there who are willing to listen to us. And, you know, we, we appreciate it. Again, thanks to James from the Dried Blood Podcast. That guy's podcast is really good, too. He knows his stuff. I haven't heard it yet, but he just put out a show on Scanners, the I think the, the original Scanners trilogy, which which are some of my favorite movies of all time. Have you seen those? Yeah, I actually, I've seen a couple. I think I've seen one, actually. The best head-blowing-up scene of all time. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that he will he'll do that. Thanks to Midnight Podcast and Keith Latch over at Omega Earth Zero, which uh, is great. Anyway, well, we appreciate you guys listening. Anything else? Nope. See right. ya. See ya. Thank you.